0: As the 2020 election now looms over us like a gigantic swinging blade coming closer and closer to the writhing body of a semi-clad female, maybe that's just a fantasy I had. But anyway, as the 2020 election draws closer, it's time to take a look at some of the policies being proposed by the Democratic candidates in order to help voters decide whether to run for their lives or hide out in an underground bunker with 40 years worth of freeze-dried food. Communist darling Bernie Sanders has suggested that all prisoners should be allowed to vote. At a rally of the ghosts of people who were murdered by the Soviet Union during Sanders' honeymoon there, the 97-year-old said, quote, It does not make sense that someone should lose his human right to vote simply because he tortured and ate his mother and then sewed what was left of her body into a costume. After all, he could be one more vote for me. Two if you count his mother, unquote. Floppy-haired nothing boy, Beto O'Rourke, has suggested all penalties for illegal immigration should be eliminated. In a speech delivered to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 on PlayStation, O'Rourke said, quote, it's not fair that people who have broken the law are treated like people who have broken the law. That's the moral equivalent of treating me like a non-entity glamorized by a desperate leftist press, unquote. Kamala Harris introduced her new policy in a statement which read, quote, as a black female who is both black and female... I'm a female who is black, as well as a black person, who is female as well as black, not to mention female, unquote. I don't know what the policy is there, but apparently it doesn't matter. We'll continue to update you with details of the Democrats' plans until Donald Trump wins re-election. Please, God. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky Dipsy hey, topsy, the world is zing. It's a wonderful day. Hooray, hooray. It makes me want to sing. Oh, hooray, hooray. Oh, hooray, hooray. So I ended yesterday's podcast by agreeing with Joe Biden that we're in a fight for the soul of America. And the Vice President, Mike Pence, or Mensch as I like to call him, seconds that emotion.
1: I heard the other day that another vice president actually said that we're in a battle for the soul of our nation. And for once, I agree with him, but not for the reason he thinks. We are in a battle. We're in a battle for the soul of America, but it's a battle between liberty and tyranny. As the president has said before, it's a battle between independence and government control. And ultimately, it's a battle between freedom and socialism.
0: You know, we call it socialism, but it's really more than that. The Democrat vision is not really about government owning the means of production. It's about government owning us, our work, our decisions, our opinions, and our responsibilities as well. The left says, yes, you can build a factory and make a profit, but the state, the deep state, will decide what to do with the money. The reward and symbol of your achievement belongs to us. Yes, you can vote for which face to put on the presidency, just as long as your president doesn't get in the way of the rededicated patriots who are making the real decisions without any regard to what you want or believe is good for the country. And yes, you can go to whatever house of worship you want, as long as you don't think your values or the dictates of your God can interfere with the state's vision of right and wrong. Try to live out your faith in the real world and we'll fine you into bankruptcy or deplatform you into silence. In return for the power to decide how you spend, who you elect, and what you believe, we'll give you what we call freedom. The freedom to kill a baby you didn't mean to have. The freedom to act out your sexual neuroses until you're broken and ill and dependent on our care. The freedom not to work while we give you money so that your life becomes purposeless and you descend into opiate use and early death. But don't worry, things are going to be great for us. We'll have work. We'll be making decisions. We'll be having visions and making them real because we're the elite. We're the ones who matter. People like you may have built this country, but it's ours to run and to plunder. It's been a quiet news cycle these last few weeks, but behind that quiet is a desperate attempt to defend that deep state vision against the flawed, blustering, bare-knuckled, sometimes unsavory, sometimes unreliable, and often unappealing Donald Trump, who right now may be the last best hope that freedom has. And we're going to talk about that battle going on. But first, let us talk about Grove Collaborative. It's spring cleaning time. You all know it because you see your wife cleaning the house. (laughs) Maybe that's just going on at my house. We're all cleaning the house and nothing cleans the house like the spring scents from Grove. Grove makes healthier home products accessible and affordable. Over half a million families shop Grove Co. for non-toxic dish soap, plant-based skincare, and free and tree-free bath tissue. Grove makes it easy to find the best natural, eco-friendly products online and delivers them straight to your door so you can make better choices for your family with just one click. New customers will get a free cleaning set in these limited edition scents when you place your first order of 20 bucks. You get free Mrs. Meyer Spring hand soap, Mrs. Meyer Spring dish soap, Mrs. Meyer Spring multi-surface spray, Grove Collaborative cleaning caddy, and Grove Collaborative. Collaborative walnut scrubber sponges. They work, they smell good, and they're all natural. Try Grove. Now, before this exclusive spring offer runs out, for a limited t- amount of time, my listeners can get a three-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Meyer's Spring Sense, a free 60-day VIP membership, and a surprise bonus gift just for you when you sign up and place an order of 20 bucks or more. Check out Grove and our special order at Grove.co slash clavin. That's grove.co.com not com slash claven. Grove.co not com slash clavin. And you know how to spell co, but sure. But how do you spell clavin? It's K-L-A-V-A-N. No ease. No ease in Claven. I just make it look easy sometimes. Uh tomorrow's the mailbag. Always the hardest day on my voice, but we'll make it through. Get your questions in now. We've got some good questions from last week when I couldn't make it, but send in more and we'll put them, uh, we'll tag them in as well. Go to dailywire.com, subscribe, you gotta subscribe. Lousy 10 bucks a month, 100 bucks for the year. All your questions answered, all your problems solved. You can ask me anything you want. Go to dailywire.com, Podcast. hit the podcast button, hit the Andrew Claven podcast, little picture of a mailbag, Hit that, and you can ask me anything you want about anything you want. Religion, politics, your personal life. All my answers are guaranteed 100% correct. Where do you get a deal like that? They will change your life, sometimes for the better, sometimes, <laughs> you know, what can I say? Uh, all right, and last, last but not least, let me uh, just remind you, I... Forgot to do it at the top of the show yesterday. So let me remind you, I have two major pieces of nonfiction out right now, as well as Another Kingdom, which I hope you've all bought already. If you haven't, uh, you will be damned for all eternity. So you don't want that to happen. Buy Another Kingdom. And also, uh, uh, go to City Journal and read my piece, Can We Believe About Faith in the West and Whether or Not We Can Reclaim It. And also, my Hillsdale speech, which is on YouTube, just pre- put in uh, Andrew Claven Hillsdale College. And my speech comes out. as a half-hour speech with a half-hour Q&A. Afterwards. Um, okay, so w- what we're in now is the aftermath of the Mueller report and really the aftermath of the whole Russia collusion hoax. Okay, we now know, we now pretty much know the story. Obama knew about Russian interference in our election from 2014 on. He did nothing about it. He never warned the president, uh, never warned Trump. Uh, it was not going to be a thing. He made speeches about how they couldn't really uh, mess with our elections because we were too dispersed in our election uh, process. So don't listen to Donald Trump when he starts complaining about it, then suddenly it became a problem. Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton, we know, was paying uh, Christopher Steele to go out and get a dossier, much of which seems to have come from Russian intelligence. She wanted to use that as opera research, when she failed, she then passed it on to the intelligence community who used it to spy on Donald Trump. Even before uh, even before he won the campaign, they were spying on him. And afterwards, it, has got, it got worse and worse today. Uh, the great McGurn, Bill McGurn, uh, who writes a column every Tuesday in The Wall Street Journal, uh, he talks about the, the kinds of things that were going on. And he says, um, there's a letter uh, to William Barr, the attorney general, from two Republican senators asking them to investigate text messages from our old friends, the lovers, uh, FBI lovers, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, in which they discussed the possibility of sending a counterintelligence officer to Mike Pence's first transition briefing as vice president-elect. The senators wanted to know whether this was an FBI attempt to infiltrate his office. So think about this. This is the kinds of things they were talking about, uh, spying on Donald Trump. And, you know, the thing is, Remember, this doesn't happen at the rank-and-file FBI level. It happens at the top, at Obama's, you know, Obama's kind of top tier of the D- Justice Department and the FBI. And it doesn't have to be a conspiracy exactly. When you realize the way they see it, you've got to look at it from their point of view. The way the, the state now thinks is they think they are running things. Unappointed people are running the, the country without the help of Congress, without the help of the president, they're just kind of celebrities who go out and sort of represent the deep state that is running things. This is the way they really think, and it's the way Congress thinks. Congress has essentially handed over its lawmaking, legislating capability to these agencies and these departments and these regulatory agencies. And when they saw Donald Trump coming down like a bowling ball, they panicked, and they said, we've got to stop this happening. Remember, all the while thinking that it's a good thing for these wonderful patriotic civil servants to be running the country while you go off and vote your little votes for a Republican or Democrat. It doesn't really matter. Democrats are a little better because they're in favor of a big state. Republicans are worse, so we'll call them racist and all this. But it doesn't really matter because they're all all on board. The Congress is on board. They're all on board with this deep state. And Donald Trump is just too ignorant, too stupid to know what, what it is That, you know, this deep, wonderful deep state is doing. He wants people to have their own lives, to do their own thing. And he's just aggressive enough, uncaring enough, insensitive enough to not even care when they call him racist. He doesn't even care when they call him racist. And when they twist his words and all this stuff, he's just going ahead and doing his thing. So they really, really, really dislike this guy. So now they've got a problem. What do they do? The whole this whole plan has now been exposed as a hoax, and there's a danger when the inspector general, for for instance, investigates this, or when Bill Barr, who said there's been spying going on, and the president, I'm going to find out how that happened. There's a danger that these people might actually be called to account. That we may see James Comey take a perp walk, John Brennan take a perp walk, um, Clapper take a perp walk. We may see that it may actually happen. I kind of doubt it, but it might. And there might be at least enough investigation to expose what happened. But the problem they've got now is what do they do? They've got to somehow make the Mueller report, which completely exonerates Trump, into a, a damning document. And then what do they do with that? Do they impeach? Here's here's Donald Trump's attitude toward impeachment.
1: I, 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 I mean, whatever you do, brother Park. Whatever you do, please. Please, brother Park, please don't bring me in that brow
2: patch. Uh, brow patch?
0: If you don't remember the story from Uncle Remus, great story, Uh, the rare rabbit says to the fox, don't throw me into the briar patch, because he knows once he's in the briar patch, he can escape and the fox can't get him. Trump is now basically saying, I'm not going to give you anything. I'm not sending my guys in to testify. and telling them to ignore subpoenas. He's goading them to impeach him because he thinks he can win win that battle, and he's probably right. And we're going to take a look at that. Jenna Ellis is going to join us and talk about the legality of it in a few minutes. But first... Lightstream. You know, you love Lightstream because we all do this. I do it. You spend money with a credit card. You don't even think about it. You're up late at night. You're on Amazon. You're shopping. You know, you just spend. And then the bills come. And if you don't pay that credit card balance, you get hit with a an interest rate that is straight out of like an some kind of evil movie where they tie the girl up on the train tracks, you know, pay your rent. I mean, it's it's incredible. But with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream, you can get a fixed rate as low as 5.95%. APR with Bay you could save thousands in interest and get a loan from five thousand to one hundred thousand dollars with no fees. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Plus, LightStream is a division of Sun Trust Bank, one of the nation's largest financial institutions, so you can have complete peace of mind. If you want to save even more, my listeners get an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get that discount is to go to LightStream.com/Andrew. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash Andrew. Subject to credit approval, rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount, terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Andrew for more information. So what's going on now is the Democrat Party is in a bind, right? They, they know that if they get it wrong... And they go into impeachment. The old hands, like Nancy Pelosi, know this is going to be a problem. The young guns, they want to move forward. Let's just take a look, though. I mean, what's so amazing about this is this is not about just the deep state. It's about the elites, right? So it's about the press. The press is defending the powers that be. The protesters in colleges are defending the powers that be. The rebel uprising is here. This is the rebel rup- uprising. This is the counterculture. This is the place where we're standing up for individual freedom. It's the only place. Take a look at the way the press treated impeachment when it was Clinton up to be impeached. This is our friend- from our friends at Newsbusters.
1: The founding fathers must be turning in their graves that a president of the United States is vulnerable to impeachment for this. Is perjury in a case like this serious enough to warrant impeaching the president? If the Republicans want to go ahead and do this I think they disgrace
3: themselves mm-hmm. in a more profound way than President Clinton has by mm-hmm. abusing the machinery of impeachment. Is it worth overturning the will of the people in order to impeach him if the only thing you can prove is that he lied?
1: Is there is there not some concern of the public perception that this is, in in fact, a kind of effort at a, quote, coup.
0: Ophelia Ariano says it reminds her of a coup in her native Guatemala. We like him.
2: He's doing a good
0: job.
1: The Republican Party, who dislike him and what he stands for, having been unable to beat him at the polls, have found another way to get him out of office. America wants Christmas carols uninterrupted by political scandal. They have robbed from you. Make no mistake about it. They have used a procedural device to steal from you. Your right to be democratically
0: represented. Quote, you don't overturn the results of an American election on a whim. <laughs> this is Dan Rather the most oleogenous hypocrite who ever stood in front of a camera? I, I don't know, but he's got to be up there on the list. That was Dan Rather, all of them recommending impeachment. Now, again, from Newsbusters, take a look at the way they're treating the subject of impeachment now.
1: Why haven't you opened an impeachment inquiry or In fairness, is that what you're doing right now?
0: Impeach, now or never. Congress is going to now have to act responsibly. But
1: the avenue for that is impeachment. Will he get away with it? What is the Democratic House waiting for? The question is, will you let him get away with it? if you don't do it then don't you undermine all the resources put into putting the report together in the
2: first place i think the democrats would be smart to impeach him i wish that as david proposes democrats would just get their act together and push oh. impeachment if the politics suck and it's the right thing to do do the democrats have the backbone to say what you just said if Mueller though has left a trail as some believe how, how does the house not follow that so if you read The second volume closely i think it is essentially an open invitation to begin impeachment proceedings i think it's their constitutional duty now to um at the very least begin Mm -hmm. impeachment proceedings it would
1: be the most unsatisfying thing of all i think to just say well it is what it is and we'll we'll settle it at the polls next november so you have a legal case that you believe this happens and you should do it but the politics dictate something else how much is that going to influence this decision if the conduct described in the Mueller report doesn't deserve that strongest rebuke then what
2: does?
0: It's it's amazing logic. The amazing logic, two years, a year and a half at least, of this investigation into Russian collusion comes back with no, there was no Russian collusion. Even the things that were detailed in the Mueller report, these kind of minor Banging into people, I told you, I banged into that girl who was just sent away uh, as a Russian spy. I think she got eighteen months. Uh, I bumped into her at one of these conservative things, and she came up to me in a string b- bikini, and I thought, and asked me advice about uh, gun rights. And I thought, any girl that age coming up to a guy my age in a string bikini and asking me about gun rights, probably a Russian spy. And <laughs> I just ignored the whole thing. But but still, it's uh, that's the kind of thing that they detailed in the Mueller report, a year and a half, and not a little touch of curiosity about how this thing got started. Was any malfeasance on the part of the deep state? No, because the deep state is the point. So now Donald Trump, who's just goading them, just come on, don't throw me into the impeachment patch, Jerry Nadler, don't throw me into the impeachment patch. He's basically saying, don't show up. So A.G. Barr was uh, summoned to go before the House, the Senate and the House. And he says he's going before the Senate. But the House uh, committee run by Jerry Nadler said, we're not going to just let people question you for five minutes because then you can run out the clock. Uh, Instead, uh, we're going to let our counsel from both sides question you for 30 minutes. And Barr said, well, wait, no, I agreed to be in front of the House, not council. So I'll, I'll come only come if I'm talking to House members. So here's Nadler uh, getting tough about this.
1: He is not going to dictate the format of the Judiciary Committee. What, we have, what, what, what we're planning to do is that after the members finish questioning for five minutes, the Democratic council will have half an hour to question and the Republican council will have half an hour to question. Uh, And that's a standard method of doing things. Uh, Sometimes it's used, sometimes it's not. It's, in in my judgment, an effective way of doing things. And the witness is not going to tell the committee uh, how to conduct its, its hearing, period.
0: Let's bring on Jenna Ellis to talk about this. Jenna is, uh, as you know, one of our favorite guests, a constitutional law attorney, a Daily Wire contributor, and a Trump 2020 advisory board member. She's a frequent guest on Fox News, but who cares? You can see her here. That's the important thing. And she's written the book, The Legal Basis for a Moral Constitution, A Guide for Christians to Understand America's Current Constitutional Crisis, uh, which I read and uh, really uh, recommend It's got some really interesting ideas in it. Jenna, you there?
3: I am great to see you, Drew.
0: It's great to see you, and congratulations! Uh, you are the last time I saw you. You were sitting with a boyfriend. Now he's your fiance.
3: Yes, actually, that afternoon, so I think he had the ring in his pocket as we were sitting there doing the interview. I had no idea, so I texted you later and was like, "Apparently, this happened right after Daily Wire." So <laughs> I'm expecting great things this afternoon because I come on your show, and then great stuff happens. So
0: what what happens?
3: I, after I come on your show then oh. you know in the afternoon oh, that, exa- oh exactly
0: happening. exactly yeah. I, so, I was so
3: this afternoon will be great
0: <laughs> I, I was sitting with you guys at lunch and I thought this guy was just about to propose I really was I was thinking like he's he's right there um, and I, I understand you go from here to trying on your wedding dress if uh,
3: Yes, very exciting. If if (laughs) you could have
0: combined those two things, my ratings would have skyrocketed. But, you know, that's okay. Uh, Much
3: more exciting than congressional hearings, by the way. So, you know, real life
0: always is. All right. So let's talk about this thing with Nadler and Barr, first of all. Um, Who's in in the right here? I mean, does Barr have a right to just blow off these hearings?
3: Well, I think we have to look first at even the basis of the hearing, not just the format and the procedure. It's absolutely fair for Barr to say, listen, I agreed to the regular format. You're not going to try to just manipulate the proceedings. And if we look at the Constitution, there's actually no express authority or power given to the legislative branch for oversight. But the court has historically said that uh, for a legitimate legislative purpose or function, then naturally that Congress has to be able to call in people get testimony, but it has to be tied to their function. What's actually going on here? You can clearly see from Nadler, from Nancy Pelosi, from all of these Democrats, they're not asking legislative questions, they're asking political ones. They are trying to second guess Bill Barr and his authority in the executive branch to enforce the law and they're basically trying to relitigate what there was no basis to litigate in the first place in the Mueller report. So this hearing is a fraud and is ridiculous on face and so certainly, If the hearing itself is ridiculous and yet Barr is still going in, he absolutely can object to a ridiculous format that's just designed to elicit answers to political questions.
0: Interesting. I mean, because a lot of times these, these things, these back and forths, little negotiations between these guys go on, but they don't go on out in the open like this. I mean, this is obviously a political battle they're having.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if you look at what the Democrats are trying to do, they're just trying to shoehorn this whole issue to make it a talking point for the mainstream media left to say now that there is no collusion and we know that they're pivoting to obstruction of justice and they are trying to set up Bill Barr, who's going to be looking at the uh, possible uh, indictments coming from the IG's report. They're trying to set up a character assassination of Bill Barr so that when he has to make that determination of, uh, the deep state and what actually went on at the beginning of this investigation, then they can go back and refer to this testimony and try to say, oh, he's just in the pocket of Donald mm-hmm. Trump. I mean, the AG is always an executive appointment. That's that's absolutely nothing different. So that's what they're trying to set up here. And you can tell it's all about politics. It's all about 2020. It's not a legitimate legislative function, nor is it even the purpose that we voted these people into office in Congress anyway. I mean, this is a complete media circus.
0: So. It, obviously, uh, what what Nadler's recourse is a subpoena, but congressional subpoenas are kind of weird because there's no police force. You know, if I if I disobey a court subpoena, I can be brought in to court, but they can't really do that in the House, can they?
3: Right, and so it is. It is different because, again, we're talking about the legislative branch, and they're trying to be the executive and the judiciary all in one. Mm. And so, when you're talking about separation of powers and why, wh- and exactly what oversight means in the context of Congress, then you have to understand what a subpoena means in the context of Congress. This isn't a trial. We learned that with the Kavanaugh hearings, uh, and we need to remember that in the sense of, I mean, what what is Bill Barr even going to speak to? We have 448 pages of a Mueller report that Rod Rosenstein was the one who actually appointed Mueller after Jeff Sessions recused himself. Bill Barr comes in kind of at the tail end of this. And so like a good prosecutor, consults Rosenstein on the open questions. They determine that no reasonable prosecutor would ever find any sort of obstruction of justice, anything. What is he going to say to Congress? You know, yeah, this is you know, go back to my summary, go back to everything that's already on record in front of the press. I mean, what what c- further can he testify to? He wasn't part of the investigation. That's Bob Mueller.
0: So the, the other thing now is we get we get this report back. and I, I actually read this report, which I mean was not uh, not a pleasant experience. We get <laughs> We get this report back. And it says, no, there's no collusion. So the whole reason for doing this is absurd. And Trump is kind of justified in saying this is a a witch hunt. I mean, I think he was spied on. I think he was mistreated. I mean, so he's angry. And we all know that Trump's a a voluble and volatile guy. I'm sure he goes off behind the scenes. I'm sure he's yelling and screaming at people all the time. He does not strike me as the most even-tempered human being on earth. So there's lots of details in the Mueller report of him saying, fire, you know, Mueller and do this and do that. But none of it ever happens. Is that? And, and yet, and yet, 24-7 on cable news, on the network news, we're talking about obstruction of justice. It, t- tell me a theory that justifies an obstruction of justice uh, charge here.
3: Uh, the Democrats just simply wanting to win 2020 I mean that's really their only their only basis I mean that's that's literally it because if you look at obstruction of justice not only do you have to have the underlying crime but you also have to actually obstruct an official and the investigation he did nothing I mean the White House fully complied with everything that Bob Mueller wanted Bob Mueller got and so for president Trump to simply say man I wish you could fire him I mean we've all we've all said like man I could just strangle that person are we charged with attempted homicide? No, because that it matters what your actual actions did. You have to have what's called the actus reus under the law or the, the body of the crime in the actual act. And so the, what we have to go on here is not just you know whether we like the character of Donald Trump or we think he's too colorful or any of that. Being a colorful character last time I checked is not a crime in America. So for all of these things that are detailed, it reads more like fire and fury than it does anything that relates to any sort of legitimate legal proceeding. So like it or not, we are not in this country going to charge people based on their use of the F word or not.
0: Is is it? Am I wrong in thinking that to obstruct justice, because it doesn't make sense, like like I can plead the Fifth Amendment, I can say I'm just not gonna answer your question because it might incriminate me, and they can't say to me, oh, that's obstructing justice, right? is, don't right. you have to have broken the law in your efforts to obstruct justice? I other-
3: uh, there has to be an underlying crime, but you also have to do something to to thwart the investigation that is itself illegal. So, for example, if you assert the Fifth Amendment... That is a constitutionally protected right, and so you're not obstructing justice. You are exercising one of your liberties and freedoms, and so that's not obstruction. What obstruction looks like is lying to the police, is act- is going out and witness tampering in a way like threatening a witness, saying if you say this, I'm going to come and you know uh, kidnap your family or or something like that. That is actually. Uh, manipulating the outcome of an investigation, destruction of evidence. It's a process crime. And so it would have to be something that you tangibly and in the course of the investigation literally manipulate it to just talk in the media about, you know, I'm innocent. This is a witch hunt. I mean, what the Democrats are confusing is actual courtroom proceedings and the rule of law versus the court of public opinion. Mm. Donald Trump, of course, wanted to get his statements out and he commented on the investigation, that's not obstructing justice. That's commenting and freedom of speech, which even as a president, he doesn't just dissolve his right or hand over his right just because he's the president of the United States. You can't obstruct justice in the court of public opinion. But that's what the Democrats are trying to pin him on.
0: What about something like firing Comey?
3: That was absolutely within his executive discretion, so, and yeah, so, so that's an okay. obstruction yeah, right, Because right. he's exercising part of his, his office powers, absolutely.
0: So, I'm just speculating here, but right now, I mean, Donald Trump is a very wily guy. He is an incredibly canny uh, maneuverer. And right now, it seems to me, he's basically told everybody, I think he told Don McGahn, don't obey the subpoenas. He's, he's stonewalling them on all the financial uh, stuff that they're looking for, uh, the tax returns and all this. Do you think there's any possibility that he is goading them to impeach him?
3: Oh absolutely. I mean if the Democrats did that, you know that, that would be the mo- that would be the death nail in the Democrat Party and I mean it would it would be absolutely ridiculous because it would be just a hundred percent political and be a tangible they are using and abusing a constitutional power just to hate Donald Trump. And let's not forget, I mean, he has been so smart in all of his actions and on it. I mean, I love his Twitter feed. I think it's hilarious how it drives the mainstream media's narrative. And for him to actually, I mean, for, now for the mainstream media to say, oh, he's filing all of these lawsuits to quash the subpoenas. You know, he's um, he's going outside the scope of the law. And it's like, no, he's actually using the legal process. That is the law. I mean, it's just absolutely absurd what the mainstream media is doing. And I hope that the voters, especially the independent voters, are paying attention. Because this is somebody who is a private citizen, and whose bank records and their families, and I mean, the scope of this is so ridiculously broad that Congress doesn't even have the legislative authority to demand his tax returns to begin with, because Congress has no influence whatsoever over presidential elections that belongs to the states and the Electoral College. For them to go poking their nose around that, how then? Is any average American or anyone who seeks public office going to be okay with that? Would you want Congress to then say, just because they hate you and the party that you represent, to go and just say, you know what, I'm going to dig through all of your private business holdings and all this. We don't do that as a country. We're the United States of America. This is absolutely ridiculous.
0: It is amazing when you listen to uh, Gerald Nadler's statements. He has actually said, it's our responsibility to find out if he's doing anything wrong. Which is actually not true is it I mean it's not their responsibility to find out if he's doing anything wrong it's their responsibility to investigate if something happens that that looks like a crime I mean you can't you can't just go and say I'm going to investigate your entire life because maybe somewhere along the line you did something wrong that's essentially what they're doing now it, it's it really is uh, grotesque I mean it's a, it's they haven't they don't pass any laws they don't legislate they don't address any problems they just do this is all they do. Jenna, and they're they're yeah. not law
3: enforcement. They're not law enforcement. Yeah. This has no legislative, administrative or, uh, or lawmaking function whatsoever. So if he wants to go do that, maybe he should quit Congress and go and, you know, be a trial attorney in a state if he really wants to be part of those types of investigations that much.
0: <laughs> Jenna, it's always great to have you on. Congratulations again. Are Thank you, changing, you so much. Are you changing your name?
3: I will be actually. So my last name will be Reeves. Um, but for the time being, I'll be Jenna Ellis Reeves. And um so and I'm making exaggerated hand gestures, I'm finding, because <laughs> you know, I've been warning people because they he did such a good job. So shout out to my fiance David. Uh, but yes, I'll be Jenna Ellis Reeves for a while until we make the transition, but it'll be really fun.
0: Very <laughs> nice. Congratulations. <laughs> he's he's a lucky guy, Jenna. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Drew. All right, we've got to take a break from Facebook and YouTube, but come over to DailyWire.com. The mailbag is tomorrow. You can be in the mailbag. It's uncomfortable. It's stuffy. It's a little scratchy. You might get hives, but you get to ask any question you want. If you're a subscriber, I will answer them. Answers guaranteed 100% correct and will change your life, sometimes in disastrous, horrifying ways that may get you on a documentary uh, full of bloodshed and tears. Come over to DailyWire.com. What I'm saying is that the Democrat vision is a whole thing. It's not just one thing. It's not immigration and, uh, you know, uh, Trump impeaching and giving you uh, health benefits and, and all these things. It's not just one thing. It is an entire thing. It is an entire vision of your life where things are easy for you. You have no responsibilities, but you have no power. You have no agency. You have no... Uh, sense of responsibility and reward. Go out and start a business and it fails. You don't have to worry about bankruptcy, uh, but you're never going to start a business anyway because the corporations that are in in line with this vision of the government, the Twitters, the Facebooks, uh, they're all untouchable so that you're never going to get past them anyway. In a true capitalist system, in a true system of freedom, Every big guy is under threat from the little guy who could come up suddenly and start a new business that puts him out of office. Remember MySpace? No, you don't remember MySpace because it was put out of business by people who did the jobs better. But once uh, these corporations get so powerful, they have to be you know, restrained a little bit and they have to be pulled back a little bit to keep them from unfairly stopping competition. But when it's all one thing, the news media the universities, the deep state, the, uh, the social media corporations, when it's all one thing, there's nobody to check anybody else. So it's an entire vision. Uh, and, and if you don't think so, if you don't think that they're, they're all defending this vision, because, again, it doesn't have to be a conspiracy. It's a vision. It's a way of looking at the world. It's the opposite of the American way. The American way is the people who represent us, the founders gave us a vision of how things can work, we have a right to toy with that vision, to tinker with that vision. There's also you know, natural law arguments that come forward into that vision. But we have a right as voters to say, no, I'm going to send this guy in to, to mess with that a little bit. But once it becomes a question of regulatory agencies, that idea is gone. And they all sit there and they think, no, this is the way it should behave. I'm in control here. And those irritating people sending a guy like Donald Trump is a problem. If you don't think this, take a listen to some of the commentators on MSNBC, on Morning Joe, talking about this. This is going back to the uh, shooting at the synagogue, right? Again, this president, I think they're naming a town after him in Israel. I said it was a street yesterday, but I think they're naming a whole town after him in Israel. guy with a daughter who's Jewish, a son-in-law who's Jewish, grandchildren who are Jewish. The, he's been the best thing that has happened to the Jews in a long time as a president. Donald Trump has. And yet they're blaming him for all of this. Just stop for a minute and forget about the norm, right? Because... We've all gotten so used to this over the past two years, but put it out of your mind for a minute. Listen to the way people in the news, wearing jackets, looking responsible, looking like authorities, are talking about the president of the United States.
1: If you took a lot of the statements by politicians right now in this country, and you compare them to what Al Qaeda or ISIS clerics said that inspired attacks around the world over the last decade, they would look remarkably similar. This is incitement to violence in many cases. Are you talking about Donald Trump here, enemy of the people? and That's exactly right. Yeah. Talking about people as animals or dogs, talking about people as being lesser humans. That sort of talk is right, highly right, similar instance, to any extremist scum. movement.
0: We have in some ways a, a president that is embracing
1: a, a segment of the population that literally has the country by the throat, Joe. And we have to do something about this or we're going to see even more, die. We are so far beyond dog whistles here, Donald. We are so far beyond dog whistles. The blood, the blood that is spilled is on your hands from white nationalists, from people that listen to that sort of rhetoric, any violence to journalists. You are just inciting violence.
2: I'm having hysterics. I'm hysterical. I can't stop when I get like this. I can't stop. I'm hysterical. <laughs>
0: so, so, it's all. I, I mean, really, the, the rhetoric that a guy like Joe Scarborough can go on TV and say the blood is on your hands. The blood is on your hands. I mean, I don't. I'm not saying he's lying. I think he believes it because he's part of this vision that what. What right does Donald Trump, with no political experience, with no military experience, with nothing, you know, what right does he have to come in and take the, the uh, decision-making powers out of the hands of the experts, out of the hands of the elite, out of the hands of people like Joe Scarborough, and put it in the hands of people like us, where it was always supposed to be? What right does he have to do that? And it's all one thing. You know, this immigration thing, you know, remember during the Iraq War, During the Iraq War, when George W. Bush was the Nazi, when he was the bigot, when he was the racist, they kept saying, you know, George W. Bush thinks he's going to go into Iraq and go into Afghanistan and impose democracy, but you can't impose democracy on a culture that's not ready for it. A lot of people said this. A lot of people said he's trying to impose our way of life on a people uh, who aren't ready for it. So why then is it okay to open up the gates of America wide, to tear down all our borders and let everybody come sweeping in why is it okay to do that? Can we impose democracy on them? Why, why are they suddenly just absolutely ripe for democratic norms and Republican values? Why is that? It doesn't make any sense because it's not, you know, they keep saying, oh, it's about the browning of America. We're handing over America. to. Obviously, I don't care what color Americans are, but I care what they believe and I care what they do. And I think that they are being brought in because they know they can be, first of all, it's both the right and the left. On the left, they want the votes. On the right, they want the cheap labor. But the deep state, which is both left and right, is both Republican and Democrat, want people who are not accustomed to Democratic norms, who are going to say, oh, how wonderful, you gave me welfare, that's a great thing. Oh, how wonderful, you gave me this, you gave me that, you gave me free health care, and never count the cost in freedom, right? They never count the cost in freedom. And it's interesting, if you listen you're starting to hear people say, because there's a genuine crisis at the border. Remember when there's no crisis at the border? You're starting to hear people with any kind of responsibility say there is a crisis. Thomas Friedman, knucklehead row, right? He's a guy who's completely in favor of immigration and people come on in and all this stuff. He went down to the border and he came back and he said this.
1: I'm as radically pro-immigration as they come, but it's pretty clear to me that unless we can assure uh, a significant number of Americans that we can control our border, we're never going to have the proper immigration flow I think we need, we desire, and that we have actually a moral responsibility uh, given our history as a, as a nation of immigrants and, and a refuge uh, uh, for people uh, fleeing persecution. I think the only way is a compromise uh, on this. The tragedy, and that's why my column was, was said Trump is wasting this crisis. A crisis is a terrible thing to waste. We have a president who actually, when you think about it, Wolf, he has, the, he has the chops with his base. If he were to sit down, call Nancy Pelosi up, say, we're going up to Camp David. You bring your immigration team. I'll bring mine. I'll leave Stephen Miller at home. And we will actually sort out a compromise here. Where Because Democrats were ready to, to fund more border security. But at the same time, we're going to create a legal pathway for people here. We're going to limit the number of ICE uh, uh, arrests. And we're going to have a rational uh, inflow of people, of the kind of people that are both high energy, high IQ, that can
0: actually drive our country forward. So that's almost what Trump has been saying. And, of course, the Democrats just aren't willing to give him the wall because they don't want to give him anything. He says the Democrats are ready. That's garbage. They are not ready. Nobody's ready. They've been sitting there for 20 years. They haven't done a damn thing. Why? Because it serves the purposes of the state to have people like this come in. Unimpeded. That's that's the truth. I mean, it serves the purposes of the state. The state loves it when they you let them take care of it. I mean, and listen, you want, you know, listen to the socialists. Listen to Alexandria Occasional Cortex. She will tell you it doesn't matter to her. It's all about she's, she's got such a high, lofty vision that the law just doesn't matter. She is beyond the law.
2: And so that is the current status of our legal documented path. It is completely unjust and so the whole legal system right now and the way that the president is choosing to administer and grind all 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 of the agencies to a halt that process legal forms of of immigration is forcing people into the shadows and he is creating undocumented populations in the united states and then they're being targeted and their rights are being violated so that's what's actually going on and so especially in this moment First of all, I believe in human rights. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if you're documented, I don't care if you're undocumented. I don't care if you're out here, I don't care if you're in Rikers. I believe in your fundamental human rights. Fundamental human rights.
0: Yeah, what if you're in the womb? I wonder. Well, never mind. But the point is, the point is, that's nonsense. Everything she just said is nonsense. That people break in illegally, they violate the law, and it's Donald Trump's fault that they're undocumented. That somehow he didn't hand them the documents as they were breaking in through the uh, through the border. I mean, it, it's utterly ridiculous. But she doesn't believe in documented or undocumented. She only believes. We know this because she made a video about it, about how she was going to save America and she's going to save the world. She only believes in her. She, you know, she or whoever it is who's running her, they believe in the power of the state, and that is a vision. And it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that Donald Trump, who I don't always like, who sometimes I wonder if he has any vision at all, it's amazing to me that he is the guy, the only guy who has the cho- not just the chops, he has the thick skin to stand up to this. Onslaught. I mean, it's amazing that people are now talking about obstruction of justice, going right from Russia to obstruction of justice without stopping in between to say, hey, wait, who investigated this? How did this happen? It's amazing that they're doing that. It's amazing that the press supports it. It's amazing that the press speaks up for power. It's amazing that all the elites speak up for power. It's amazing that the Republicans, when they had the power, didn't do anything about it, because Donald Trump is really... He's kind of alone doing this thing, this vision that he has. When, when Thomas Friedman said, leave St- Stephen Miller behind, it's because Stephen Miller is the guy who's kind of powering the vision of Donald Trump. All right, got to stop there, but we'll talk about it more. My final reflection, I was talking yesterday about, um, to, to Knowles about this trip I took to Disneyland, and I was looking at these people who look so weird now. People, Americans just are all tattooed and got rings and funny hair, and they're all 300 pounds. And, you know, it's just, it, but, but there they are enjoying the same things that they enjoyed when it was a kind of uh, crew-cut, button-down, tie-and-jacket-wearing country. The same Mickey Mouse, the same Donald Duck, the same Marvel comics uh, that I was reading as a kid and people were reading before me uh, that really represent an old-fashioned America, which leads me to believe that maybe the American heart is still there underneath all this kind of uh, bizarreness. And that the diversity... That people uh, are looking for, uh, there may be more unity in that diversity than we think. You know, there are things about the liberal I, that liberal ideas, truly liberal ideas, not leftist ideas, that I agree with. I want people to be different colors. I like living in a country full of crazy people and kooks and eccentrics, if they all believe in freedom. If they all believe that you can be, that you can dislike them, that you can say, "I'm not coming to your wedding. I'm not c- catering your wedding." I'm fine with that. I just want everybody to be free. I want everybody to live. I want the country to be a country of communities and individuals rising up together. There is a way forward here. You know, that's that's something. It's really interesting the way change happens, the way change should happen. And the way it can happen is so much different than the way activists and resistors think that it happens. It can happen in this kind of beautiful way, where we welcome more people in to a structure and a tradition of freedom that has been built up over the years. That can be true, but it's not going to be true if the deep state has its way, because that's the purpose of their vision. Is the deep state? The purpose of my vision. And hopefully the conservative vision is freedom. And right now, Donald Trump is the best weapon we have for that. And I'm, I'm willing to go, stick with him as long as he stands for that, as long as he stands against this vision of a state that runs everything. i got to stop. Mailbag tomorrow. I'm Andrew Clavin. This is The Andrew Clavin Show.
1: Hey guys, over on the Matt Walsh show today, uh, does it does it make sense for feminists to, as they often do, celebrate, uh, you know, women who wear burkas, um, or does that actually contradict their entire feminist narrative? We'll discuss that. Also, an evangelical leader takes a bold stand, proclaiming that there is no biblical argument in favor of white supremacy, which is true, of course, there isn't one, but. Nobody is making a biblical argument for white supremacy, so what's the point of declaring something like that? And finally, should we look at historical figures in the context of their time, or should we judge them by the moral standards of modern times? We'll discuss that as well today over on The Matt Wall Show.